Blog Talk Radio.
This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Destivani. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Keep It Magic. I'm Storm Destivani, and of course, I am here with the wonderfully talented singer Jackie Smith. Um, and I just taught you a word, uh, kalatura, um, which is um, an operatic note that is higher than soprano. I would hurt myself. Which is Olivia Newton-John's range. Yeah, I, yeah, it is. I can only kind of sing along with her poorly. Yeah. But um, God bless her. Look yeah. at Olivia Newton-John. That was Olivia Newton-John. The song was number one in 1979, Magic. <laughs> Um, well, thanks, Keith Kasem. American Top 40, you know, <laughs> which I used to listen to every Sunday uh, back when I was... Um, Casey Kasem, Sex Howard School of Broadcasting, Detroit graduate. I know, I know. <laughs> keep reaching, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. I will never forget it. It's like the best radio ever. That's when oh, radio so was that's really who Robin Leach stole that line from. Yeah. Robin Leach so. had a version of that, right? Yeah. I don't remember what he said at the end of his show because his voice annoyed me. Robin Leach? Yeah. Robin Leach. Yeah, but he said that with an English accent. Because you know, so now was, I have to look it up while you're talking. Just keep talking. I'm looking up Robin Leach's line. It was it was kind of disturbing. Um <laughs> <laughs> champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Yeah, champagne wishes and caviar dreams. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of things have happened while you're gone, Jackie. So it's going to take me probably the whole half hour to catch you up. Because I watched the election, mm-hmm. and then I got on. Um, I left my house at like six in the morning the next morning, and did not watch television again until. Last night when I fell asleep as soon as I put the news in. Which I received several emails that they were kind of shocked that I had said that Obama would be reelected. Prior to the election? Yeah, I've been talking about it since last April. Right, I know you and I, you and I have, but I just wanted to yeah. say you got those emails prior to the election. Yeah. Not after. Yeah, um, that was very shocked that I thought that um, uh, Barack Obama would win. Um, and, uh, you know, he did. You know, he will be the president for the next four years. He will not leave office until the 20th of January, 2017. If we're still here. Don't get me going on the shift. I'm going to go on that about that <laughs> oh, in a minute. Oh, what's the shift? I'm going to go on about the shift in a minute. Hold Listen, on. Listen, I have some personal shifts this weekend, too. I'll share them with you, but go on. <laughs> That'll be after the first break. <laughs> okay. All right. It's crazy energy. Let's. Okay, well, the energy is crazy because you know during our show there's going to be an eclipse. 
Really? During yes, the show? Yes, during the show. There's going to be in the club. Okay, what point? Um, at 5.09 p.m. that there's going to be an eclipse. Okay, everybody listen in, up. In the sign of Scorpio. Okay, listen um, up. If at 5.08 and 55 seconds things get a little hairy, duck and cover. Yeah, duck and cover. You know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, and, you know, what I was noticing, because, you know, uh, the thing about solar eclipses is, is that they seem to more enact themselves out on the world stage than they do in in people's personal lives, even though that this particular eclipse has a lot to do with uh, personal power and so has to do is, with reclaiming that. This is a solar eclipse, not a lunar eclipse? Solar, yeah. But by 5 o'clock, the sun's almost all the way down. That doesn't matter. It's not all the way down in Australia. Okay. But wouldn't it affect the people who actually are the sun is shining upon? Well, there's many different theories um, in regards to who eclipses affect. Um, I think that the eclipse energy on its own will affect things. Um, and if you think about the sign of Scorpio, which has to do with sex, um, and you type in news.yahoo.com, that's all that you're going to see splattered is sex. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had the, um, while you were gone, Jackie's the head of the CIA, mm-hmm. resigned um, in a sex scandal. Oh, is that what they were talking about this morning as I was heading out to work? Yeah, he resigned in a sex scandal, um, and he was uh, supposedly having an affair with his biographer, and he was exchanging emails with another woman, and the biographer found out about it and sent threatening letters to the other woman. The other woman got the FBI involved in it. The agent from the FBI, you can't, I mean, this is like a soap opera. The agent from the FBI then was sending partially nude photos of himself to the woman that he was helping. Okay, wait. This is not a Danielle Steele novel? No, or a Jackie <laughs> Collins novel. Actually, or Jackie Collins would be more like it. Keep going. And uh, basically, you know, it's this entire craziness. Then... You have the head of the BBC that has resigned because of the fact that he accused somebody of a sex scandal and it was all made up. Oh, snap. The BBC, not the BBC, but the British um, um, Broadcasting, it's not the BBC, but all those different companies that are British mm-hmm. that broadcast. Um, I've been having trouble for the past couple of years. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Then it gets better. The guy who does the voice voice of Elmo, Elmo, got um, arrested for um, inappropriate inappropriately exposing himself or inappropriately having some form of sexual relationship with a fourteen year old, which brings new meaning to tickle me, Elmo. I'm just saying. And Come they on, had this. Not maybe that guy, but this guy nothing to do with Elmo, man. Nothing to do with Elmo. But. You remember that Elmo last year had that little dance called I'm Sexy and I Know It that went viral on um, uh, YouTube. Um, and uh, him saying that he has passion in his pants and he's not afraid to show it. I didn't. Oh, my. Oh. Oh, my. <laughs> I don't remember that. So the sign of Scorpio definitely, you know, struck. Um, and it's and really struck and struck 
And so, yeah, and then it's I a greedy was, little Gus, isn't it? And then uh, uh, Christina um, Hallett, who um, is voice spirit in the chat room, you know, she uh, posted earlier that the vi- the village people are now doing a commercial for pistachio nuts. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. You just can't. It's not possible. Um, but anyways. Um, the interesting thing I think about this eclipse, Jackie, is that a lot of people are freaking out about it, and um, uh, you know, the uh, you know, several people are stating that you know, since I guess no- November the 11th or something, that we started to enter into this shift um, type of consciousness, which I'll talk about in a minute. But really, the solar eclipse is really in the sign of Scorpio, and it has to do with personal power and taking responsibility for a lot of the garbage that is currently, uh, you know, polluting our lives. Right. Um, And it's interesting because the sign that is opposite of Scorpio, which is Taurus, which is about building our basic ground, our sense of security, our foundation, okay, um, is really what we need to do to integrate that scorpionic energy. Okay, that's that's that, where you need to go. That's fascinating because I'll tell you a story about that later. Okay. We'll and, circle around in the next half hour. Yeah. And then, like, basically, you know, 14 years ago when um, we were going through uh, North Node Taurus eclipses, um, uh, which I'm not going to explain. You'll just have to take my word for it. Um, there was this, uh, there was, you know, the opposite sign was Scorpio, okay? And everybody was running around, and we were doing well financially, and it was the big time, and, you know, you basically could go outside in your backyard and pull $20 off your tree mm-hmm. um, and go and spend it. And everybody was buying Range Rovers, and, you know, Little Lexus came out then, and, you know, computers for the first time, and uh, uh, just spending and spending and spending and spending, which went on until 2000. Um, but what they didn't do is that they didn't, they failed to look at that opposite sign, which is Scorpio, which has to do with survival. Mm-hmm. So they weren't taking care of their needs. And basically how that, that eclipse came about is in a blue dress on the New York Times and named Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> um, so we dealt with sex through impeachment, and um, even if you remember back then, uh, Jackie, with the Star Report and everything, that they were saying that, you know, that uh, they had Bill Clinton on more than just sex, but, you know, the Star Report was pretty much all sex. Um, And, you know, the congressman, I read a book uh, on the whole Lewinsky affair, and the congressman, out of all of the evidence in the Star Report, Mm -hmm. what the congressman wanted to listen to was the sex tapes. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) <laughs> so it is kind of uh, interesting, um, but you know we're the, on the other side of this at this particular point, and we're now um, uh, dealing with uh, Scorpio. And basically, the way that you handle this is that it's time to really start looking at uh, our financial future. It's looking at taking responsibility for our financial mishaps. It's about taking our personal power back. It's about um, finding the answers inside uh-huh. rather than finding the answers um, outside. Yep, it's, that's very true, and it's actually part of how I, knowing that that's what's going on right now, is how I redirected a, a big part of my class talking about that. Yeah, 
So it's, it's, it's definitely um, fascinating, all of that stuff. So then, you know, as I'm doing this, I get this email um, the other night from uh, Christina Hallett. And uh, she wrote to me and she goes, Storm, what is going on with this eclipse? You know, why is everybody up in arms over this eclipse? So basically, um, uh, so basically, I wrote to her and I said, nothing really, why? And, you know, she went into some stuff with me about it, and, you know, we talked for a few minutes about it. And then she writes to me, okay, and she mentions the shift. So, you know me, Jackie, I have to go find out and research and all this the, other wait, stuff. Wait, wait, wait. The shift? The shift. Okay, because at first I thought you said the other word without the S. <laughs> the shift. Um, yeah, so I uh, had to go, of course, online and look okay, at it. Okay, wait, then, what shift? Okay, well, supposedly, you know, because of the whole Mayan calendar stuff and this mm-hmm. other bizarre stuff, we're entering into a shift um, of energy and consciousness, okay? So I was reading through this stuff, and I didn't understand it. So I went on to Skype and was talking to Christina about it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she was explaining to me some of the things, you know, like um, many people that are proponents of the shift, um uh, you know, believe that next month we're going to move from the third dimension to the fifth dimension. That we're going to ascend basically from the third this dimension. Is the dawning to, of the angel. Yeah. Oh, that's a different fifth dimension, sorry. That's the dawning of the angel. Afternoon delight. Afternoon delight. Okay, now that's still the fifth dimension. Okay, yeah, that's, those are the fifth dimensions. <laughs> oh, that's plural. Okay. So, um, she was talking to me about it, and of course, you know, I'm Googling as we're talking, and, you know, I put in, you know, the shift, fifth dimension, and I was reading through this stuff. Girl, some of this stuff is, I I, I don't even know what to think, and I'm a little bit frightened of it, because, you know, when I would read it. Okay, wait, 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 wait. The way you're building this? Mm Mm-hmm. This is a big one, isn't it? Yeah. So, what's going to, okay, wait. What what's gonna happen to us when we have the sh- and I'm using air quotes right now you can't see them because it's radio and just do them with me everybody do them with me in the air what is gonna happen when we do the shift? Well, after my exhaustive research and talking to Christina, there's several camps. Okay, one of the camps is that we're just gonna move into a, you know a higher vibrational period of love and life. Well, here is the thing, and this is probably gonna make you laugh, Jackie. But since I've been born, there's been no less than seven shifts, at least. And each time, it's only gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how much of a proponent I am of the love and light shift. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the you know, especially you know, the first one that I remember was when I was seven years old, and Skylab was going to kill us all. You know, and then uh-huh. you know, it went on from there. You know, the harmonic convergence that wasn't that harmonic. The oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. You know, and Y2K, there was a harmonic, uh, another kind of harmonic thing in 2003, and, you know, um, the rapture last year. But then, um, I was looking up this stuff, and, you know, Christina was describing it to me, and I, I was telling her on the phone, I said, Christina, this rem- this is nothing but revelations in a new dress. Now, let me tell you what it is. Okay. Supposedly, first of all, supposedly on December, some can, some people say twelve twelve, okay. Others say on twelve twenty two. 
that what's going to happen, one thought is, is that we're going to be taken up to all of the people that are connected to the shift, Jackie, okay, that have elevated themselves up to the level of the shift or have attuned themselves to the shift or aligned or whatever word you want to use, okay, we'll be taken up to UFOs for three days. <laughs> wait, no, wait, hold on. Pause it because I was just remembered which song was really the fifth dimension. You know what it was? Up, up and away. Oh. <laughs> In that beautiful Ooh. balloon. <laughs> you can't make this up. <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so for for three days, you know, people are going to be up on that little um, UFO while the aliens kind of purify and sanitize the earth. And, you know, I guess give it a big old bleach wash or something, you know, and uh, all this other stuff. Then there is another camp that believes that the people that are of a higher vibration, Jackie, are going to move um, to the next dimension. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked Christina, I said, well, what about the rest of us? And she said, they're going to be left behind. <laughs> and then, you know, immediately I got visions, you know, the three days, the resurrection, okay, mm-hmm. left behind, the whole left behind series of the rapture. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is Christianity, you know, fundamental, hardcore Christianity with a new dress. The devil with a blue dress, blue dress on. Yeah. Um, but well, I believe that Lady Gaga will be left behind. But um, um, now, when do these things usually come about? Um. Well, we've had usually they they happen at the changes of the millennium. Um, okay. Well, yeah, we had a lot, a lot before that. I remember Patty read this one book about this random date in September. Wasn't even on the equinox. Um, when the world was supposed to end, and she read it, and she it was, it tickled her pink. I mean, she that was that was hilarious. So I was freaked out about this whole rapture stuff, you know. So here is the thing: a girl on the twenty third of December, when I'm still here, I'm gonna have to go somewhere and say, I guess I was left behind. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I think was you left need to do. Is go outside on your front lawn, put your hands up in the air, look up to the sky and say, don't leave me. Now, what I really want to know, Jackie, this is what I want to know, is those of us that are 1.0, not 2.0, uh-huh. you know, God 1.0, not God 2.0, right. I wonder if we're immune to this. And we're just going to be taken anyways, because we're the chosen ones. But what if I don't want to be chosen? Because I really, I mean, I don't like having chaos and mess in my own life, but I really sometimes enjoy watching other people's. Okay, now let me let me describe it to you some more. When you get to the fifth dimension, Jackie, for example, if you got one month, girl. Well, less than that now, 28 days. You need to get down on your knees, girl. Well, no, that's the other Christianity. You need to, need to focus on your aura and expand it into, I guess, you know, outer dimensions and attune yourself to the fifth dimension or the shift. And, uh, uh, you know, um, when you're in the fifth dimension, there's no such thing as disease. There's no such thing as ill health. There's no such thing as dying. You have all of the money you can imagine. Everybody has the same amount of money. 
um, all of the stuff, and I'm just like, oh my god, that's like oh, a, that's freaking heaven. Gene Roddenberry would be so so proud because that that's the that is the the utopia that he created in in Star Trek. Okay, is I don't that know much about Star Trek girl? Um. Well, Gene Rodden, I think this is all based on Gene Roddenberry series, to be honest with you. Okay, so Gene Roddenberry in the Star Trek series, the thing is is that the reason why the Federation could have this energy and time to create these starships and all that other stuff is because they overcame hunger and disease and, and monetary needs. Everybody was equal. They even had a black girl on the um, on the, on the the uh, bridge. So... It gets I better. almost said dashboard. It gets better. <laughs> yes. Okay. So after the shift, on the 23rd of December, those of us that are left behind uh-huh. have seven years to attune ourselves to the love vibration of the fifth dimension, mm-hmm. which is supposedly like a purified third dimension, but I still don't understand that one either. Um, and if we don't, we'll just be wiped out. But the third dimension at that point will cease to exist tribulation people it's seven years it's talked about in the book of revelations um uh, and, well, and maybe they're on to something maybe i don't know i'm just kind of freaked out by the whole thing and confused why why would you be freaked out girl we only got 28 days well, you better get cracking on on making those amends i personally am all set I don't, I've already made all the amends that I need to make. <laughs> I've made so many amends in the past two years. I'm even making amends for people that I don't even need to make amends for. <laughs> there are no more holes in your socks. You have mended them all. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, uh, basically I just found it kind of interesting, and um, I honestly don't get why people aren't seeing it. For what it is. Well, it's kind of like, I well, I don't know what it's kind of like. This is dumb. Honest to God. Here, Here's the thing is that people shift and people ascend, people elevate all the time in little tiny baby steps. Mm-hmm. And and we, 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 we all work in that fifth dimension a lot. That's how we make our magic. But the interesting thing, Jackie, is that if you go to the Kabbalah, the fifth dimension is called Gavura. Okay. Which is probably the most difficult Sephirot. Talk to me. Because it has to do with, if you go into the Tarot and just look at the images, it's all the five cards. Um, uh, That's the fifth dimension? Uh, so somebody, according to Kabbalah, yeah. The, somebody's selling them a bill of goods that's just not working. Girl, I don't know what fifth dimension they're going to, but I don't want no part of it. I'm happy with the third dimension. <laughs> this might be a Satan moment. Yeah, I'm happy with the third dimension. You know, I, let me learn how to control this one first, and then maybe I'll think about another dimension. Oh, and the fourth dimension, I did have to ask this. Well, how come they're going to the fifth dimension and not the fourth dimension? Because you know me, Jackie. Right. Well, supposedly that is the process dimension between now and the fifth. Wait, wait, wait. It's the, the fourth is the process between now and the fifth. Yeah. Dimension. But it's going to happen in the blink of an eye because there's no time in the fourth dimension. <laughs> there's no time. No time. All right. Here's the deal. On April seventeenth, we're going to have our own rapture day. 
We are? I just decided it. Okay. I picked the date right then and there. Okay, April the 17th. April the 17th. We're going to we're gonna build up to our own Rapture Day and our own party. Is that even on a Saturday? Hold on, let me check. But here is here is the even more interesting thing. When you go back to the last rapture, dude, he collected eighty million dollars, and he doesn't even have to give any of that money back. Oh, April seventeenth is a Wednesday. It's a hump day. It'll get us through the week. It's awesome. It's yeah. the perfect day. <laughs> Am I not being reverent enough? I apologize. Well, I I think that it's kind of humorous, but I don't. I, I still I don't know what to think about this shift. People are going to have to write to me and explain to me this shift. I think that. That's just what it's going to come down to. This one, this one teacher I had, one actually one of the first teachers I ever had in in the uh, metaphysical world. Um, it was during the time when there was that earthquake in California where the freeway collapsed. Yeah, and it was called the Northridge quake. Okay, that one. I was in it. I'm sorry. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Sorry. Post traumatic stress disorder. No. <laughs> Were you in the freeway? No, I was not on the freeway. I was in the house, and I literally, literally, Jackie, thought, because I had been in a few earthquakes before then, um, I literally thought a bomb hit. I was just, like, screaming, we're under a nuke attack! That's how violent that quake was. Okay, so that day, it was, it was the, the next Martin day. Martin Luther King's birthday was on that. Yeah, the next day is when I had I went to class, and... Uh, the teacher said, um, I want to bring something up to you, just so you know. That was the end of the world for those people. That was that was their ascension. That was their, they for all those people under there, for all they knew, the entire world was collapsing and imploding upon itself. Um, and uh, And I was like, that makes total sense. And ever since that day, all the different end-of-the-world stuff, it's like, yep, I get it. I get how there's the end of the world for anyone at any day, and people can just tap into that energy. Um, All the different crises and freak accidents and all the stuff going around the world at any given moment of any day, you can tap into it, and, and it really feels overwhelming. He actually had us do an exercise to tap into that just to just to prove that point. And I'm like, yep, when I'm feeling like my world's ending, I'm tapping into that energy. And I have to bring myself back out. You see, the interesting thing that I find, Jackie, is, again, even this whole shift thing is that same thing theme with the Scorpio eclipse, which is power and powerlessness. Um, And there's not anything you can do about it, period. But we have to take a break. Um, We do. It's on over to CoventryCreations.com. And uh, if you have a problem in your life, no matter what that problem is, um, we, we have, have a, a candle. candle for it. We definitely have a candle for that. So cruise on over there. And on the 23rd, this is what you can do.
Conversation with everyone that agrees? No. It's very short. It is? <laughs> I agree. We agree a lot, and we're on the phone for six hours a day. <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> no, you're just... have to hunt me down now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we both have stuff to do. I got to go, lady. I got to go, guy. You know, whatever we. Yeah. Yeah. So, um,. When you have a conversation with a bunch of people agreeing with each other, it's a very short, unexciting, unenlightening conversation. But when you have a conversation where there's disagreement, where there's challenge, where where there, where you're where you're pushing each other, then you have an awesome conversation where there's lots of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's my thing about that. I I um I don't like to always agree. Could you imagine if everybody was happy all the time? There would be no value in anything. Yeah, definitely. Now, just an event note, Jackie, from December the 13th until the 16th, you will be in Wilmington, Delaware, correct? Yes. Um, at the Between the Worlds conference. Yep. Um And you're going to be teaching what? I'm going to be teaching um, uh, Candle Magic, and I'm going to be teaching um, the uh, Soul Parts class. 
So you can get your soul together right before the the rapture. Yeah, you may be able to help people get to the fifth dimension. We may need to get a fifth dimension candle. I'm on it. Yeah, okay. So I, I want it to be like the whole affirmation from one of the fifth dimension songs, everything. I mean, it's got to be really cool and spectacular uh, and have crazy open away in my, my beautiful balloon. You know, so it'll be crazy. <laughs> now, this past weekend, of course, you were at the Folk Magic Festival in Nolens. Nolens. Uh, in yep. Nolens. Um, Just so you know, I didn't count points while I was in Nolens. Nolens. I um, started to. I started to count points, and, and then I'm like, I, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Well, I mean, one shrimp there is like 190 points. Well, no. Not grilled shrimp. <laughs> but but it got to a point where I'm like, listen, I just need to make good conscious choices, and I'll go back to counting points as soon as I get home. And you were there in uh, New Orleans with uh, the lovely Dorothy Morrison and Orion Foxwood and Starcassus and Susan Diamond um, and uh, a whole bunch of other folk. Yep. And Toto and Wolf and yeah. So you need to tell me about everything. Okay, uh, New Orleans Folk Magic Festival in thirty seconds or less. Sweet. Okay. Um, well, what what I went two days early with Dorothy. Mm-hmm. We both got there on Wednesday and we did a lot of wandering around. I had Dorothy take me to Harrods and show me how to gamble on the slot machines. Did she do well? How to pick the right slot machine? What's entertaining? Okay, how, how does she pick a slot machine? Tell me. Okay, it is. She picks a slot machine by the, its entertainment factor. So it has to have lots of um, bonus rounds and cool animation and entertainment and stuff like that, which is cool. I mean, I I, that, I was like, that's actually that's a lot of fun. It, it makes it way more fun. And then the bonus rounds so you can win extra points and, and all that jazz. And she says you you play the one penny slots. Oh. So you can play for longer because it's entertainment. Okay. So in playing the one penny slots and, and picked a fun game, I picked um, uh, Big Red. <laughs> How creative, Jackie. I know. Um, Red Riding Hood. Well, Dorothy picked a Day of the Dead one, and I just was kind of watching her and seeing what she was doing, and we wanted to sit next to each other so she could coach me. Okay. And be excited for me when I won my 20 cents. Okay. And if you had like a little graph, a line graph, and – both Dorothy and I started out at $20. You would see Dorothy go down a little and up a bunch and down a little bit and up a bunch and then down a bunch and then up even further and then down a little and up a bunch. So she kept landing above her $20 mark. Yeah. So you take my $20 mark and you do that line line graph and you go down, 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 up a little, down, 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 up a little, up a little, down, 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 down. So... My line graph generally was a downhill slope. <laughs> By the time I was all done and down to my last 23 cents, and uh, and, and Dorothy was um, up 80 bucks. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm kind of done. So okay, I spent my money. I went through $40. Ooh. And you know what I kept thinking through the whole time? What? That's a pair of shoes. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> that's a new whatever. That's more herbs. That's more oils. Well, pretty much, I was thinking that's a pair of shoes. Yeah, I knew you would be, and they were probably weird colored too. No, I didn't. I didn't. You know, I spent my forty bucks in a slot machine, so I couldn't. I couldn't get those back. But 
it was it was fun. I love spending time with Dorothy. I was laughing. Being a, in a casino and watching people, I think, is one of the most fascinating. How many drinks did you have in the casino? None. It was 6.30 in the morning. That's when we went gambling. Oh, okay. At 6.30 in the morning. Now, Dorothy was thinking that. Did she have her coffee IV yes. hanging? Okay. Yes. So um, the thought was they haven't emptied the machines out. People from the night before are done playing. They've gone home, and we're just coming in. So so 6.30 in the morning, I was playing the slots till about 8. <laughs> it was awesome. And and it's like, as we were talking, I said, well, this is kind of a solitary experience. She goes, pretty much, yeah, it is. <laughs> so you got because you got to pay attention to what's going on. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> so I just was giggling about it. She was going to Harrods every morning. It was great. And she'd go... The alarm would go off at 6, 6.30. She'd get up. She goes, okay, I'm going to Harris. I'm like, I love that you do that. I, Mama needs a new pair of shoes. All right, come on, you got to buy breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so she would get up every morning to go to the slot machine. Yeah, it was great. Okay. It was great. I love that. I love, see, see when I, I love traveling with Dorothy. I should say meeting up with Dorothy and, and then my friend Heatherly or Patty. We all spend time together, but we all can go out and do our own thing. So I had gone out more in the evenings, and she was up in the morning doing things. So, um, and it, and then we spent a lot of time together in the in the middle of it. So that's I I love it when I travel with people. I like to be able to go my own separate way at times. Yeah. Because you know when you're stuck to the hip to the same person for five days, you can go a little crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, penny machines can be expensive because you do like. You can do like triple line bets. You do twenty lines, a penny a line, so forty lines, one hundred and fifty lines. So how many lines was she doing? <laughs> Some of the machines, if you have more, it's they can be very. It can be very complicated. You might need math. Oh. Doing the slot machines, yeah, absolutely. One of the, but one of the most fun things that we did. The two, I shouldn't say the most fun things. The, the two most profound things that we did. Dorothy and I is before we left we said we were going to go to the river and pick up a stone and put all of our stress and struggle and troubles into the stone mm-hmm. and throw it in the river and um, so we went over to this, the dock and we both had our stone and I've been thinking about this at that point for about four or five days of what I was going to do and um, so I just put all my frustration and angst I didn't even name it I just let the feelings flow into it and I had a huge epiphany. I mean, within seconds of starting this process, I just got it. Sometimes if you just stop, do your little ritual, do your little process, it, I mean, it's in moments of me starting this, I got it. Mm-hmm. My stress has been about me putting on a persona or a cloak that I thought was required to hit a goal. So I've been doing a lot more business stuff, and I've been learning more things about business and, and keep getting stuff organized and taking us to the next level. You've heard me talk about this on the radio yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. A lot of it has been really successful immediately. I've been going to the Entrepreneurs Organization, their accelerator program, learning training days, et cetera. But what's happened is when I bring this information back, there's there's resistance, there's frustration, people are frustrated with me. Um, I started to learn from them that they were feeling frustrated because they were feeling like I wasn't valuing the work that they had already put in, kind of coming in and going, we've been doing it wrong, which was not my intent, so I fixed a lot of that before I left. Yeah. 
even argued with my husband about some things in our very quiet, deliberate way. Um, and from where I stand. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I had this rock in my hand, and I'm putting all this struggle and this angst into this rock, just letting it flow into it. I said, I, I surrender it. Surrender is such a good word. I surrender the shame of this. And it was just, just saying those words were huge. And I and I just had this picture of me taking off this coat of expectations, this coat of behavior, this coat of persona that I thought I needed to put on to be a successful business person. And what was underneath that was all the knowledge that I gained, but it was on in the culture and the values and and the morals of what's important to me versus trying to change myself to fit into this coat I'm I can absorb the peace this new wisdom but mold it to my way of being that is Scorpio yeah and I just really felt that that was me using this energy of Scorpio um and saying what's the truth underneath all of this and that's what I asked for, and that's what I got. It was, it was like I was like I immediately got misty eyed and and immediately felt relief. It was huge. So you know, just just ask for what's underneath, and then when you get it, when you get that information. So the first piece of information that I got was that I was being fake. Uh-huh. That's hard for someone who really prides themselves in being genuine. Who it's very important for me to be genuine. And real and practical, uh-huh. but the first message I got when I was digging deep was that I was being fake. I did not like that. I thought that had to be a lie. Yeah. <laughs> but I went, okay, why am I getting this message? What's underneath it? And sometimes when you get a message that feels wrong, you look at what's underneath it and you realize that that's something that's not yours or somebody else's expectation. So just look underneath it rather than be freaked out about it. And what was underneath it is was me, the real me. It's pretty cool. I, I know I hadn't told you about that. Yeah. What do, what do you think? I, I like it. Knowing all, you know, knowing the inside track on the stuff that I've been rolling yeah. with, and I hate when people say that to me when I'm listening to their conversation. You go, well, you know the the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, what the hell? And it, this was this was less than five minutes. This was literally less than five minutes, and I think it was the prep work that I did before it. It just and the willingness and the openness um, to get there. It was really being willing to do it. It was the we almost forgot to do it a couple times. I said, well, "Let's go do this right now," so we were then ready for it. And and Dorothy got a big message for herself too. I don't remember what it was, nor will I tell you her secrets, but um, I forgot what it was because it's really all about me. Um, and then later on that day, we we realized we hadn't gone to Marie Laveau's grave, and we hadn't gone to St. Louis Cemetery Number One. And so we went over there, and there was a middle of the day and tons of tours. I said, well, we both went, well, we'll just walk around a little bit, and there'll be the perfect moment to go to Marie Laveau's grave and, and talk to her. Uh-huh. And um, so we went over there. And, and what's funny in the conversations that Dorothy and I had had on and off all day is um, was about our impact on the world. Yeah. And... Um, that we, I was talking about how I, it, it's my intention to strive to be worthy 
of of the good vibes that I get come that come from other people, and um, and you know we're talking about our place in the world and how both of it is changing for both of us, and so we we walk around the St. Louis Cemetery. Finally, we have a quiet moment. Where we can we're on the side of Marie Laveau's grave, and there's another big mausoleum next to it that has some steps. So we were just kind of sitting on the steps talking to Marie in our own ways, um, looking at her mausoleum. And um, the uh, this one woman who I had never met before, her name is Danette. She's one of the most beautiful people in the world. She's She listens to our show, and, and she's so... Um, she came. She kept looking and waving at me, and I didn't. I, did, I hadn't met anybody from the Folk Magic Festival yet. Yeah. And then she goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just wanted to, can I get a picture with you too? <laughs> and, and I was like, what? And and it's funny because in my conversation that I was having with, with Marie Laveau, as I was just thanking her, I was thanking her for um, her, her how much she, she continues to make sure that the presence of magic is everywhere in New Orleans and that and that all that she did to, to keep all this stuff alive and, and allowing her allowing her story and her myth to grow so big because it keeps us going and and it attracts more magic. And that's that's my I was thanking her for that. I was just thanking her for for being in this world because a lot of times I I see people go to her crypt and and they give the three Xs on the white wall with the with the brick dust and and then they leave an offering and then they ask for something. And I just like to go and thank her. Yeah. Without asking for anything. And then here's this woman going, can I just get a picture with you? Oh, my God, I'm sorry. I can't believe I'm meeting you. And I was like, wow. I'm completely flabbergasted. I'm speechless. So I just, then I then I hear laughter in my head from Marie. Mm-hmm. Like, just just laughter. Like, I've been setting this up all day kind of laughter. So... um uh, so that was really that was really cool, and I just was giggling on my way back. And Dorothy and I were talking about that, and I said, you know, and and by the way, they're saying we could bring them a cup of coffee. <laughs> so they'd all like a cup of coffee from. Yeah, us. they all want coffee. I mean, it's amazing these, these spirits and their coffee addiction. Yeah, I'll have to you know bring a thermos and some Dixie cups. So um, it, that was just, and and not even to mention the classes. The classes were great. As well, I mean, I will mention the classes, but even that, it's always that beginning. I'm like, this is going to be a good weekend. And I, I said right there as I, when we were leaving the cemetery, I said, this is a week of, of shed, opening doors and shedding cloaks. And that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. So we had, so I went to a bunch of classes, and then on Sunday there was a seance that I went to um, at um, Muriel's. Now, Muriel's is a very, is a posh, posh restaurant in the French Quarter. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. And on the second floor, they have these private dining rooms. Remember that I used to live. Yeah. yeah. I'm just making sure it was there when you were there. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. But the guy who had owned that building um, lived on the second floor, and he had, um, he it was haunted, and it, actually apparently he had committed suicide. Um, that, and that was one of the private dining rooms or sitting rooms. Mm-hmm. And so the seance was up there in the red room of Muriel. So it's a decadent like boudoir, red velvet on the walls, kind of amazing room. So it was. Uh, so that's where we had the seance. <clears throat> they did two different groups, like of eight people. It was great. It was a good time. Good times. Now, what about the classes? The classes were 
really good since the 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 um theme was spirit even before I got there and read the stuff i I was feeling the spirits of the hotel, oh, and the hotel was haunted too that was did you get like a program like I got for Rosh Hashanah? No, no, I wish I had. That would have been great. I can recommend that to him. And the one that I got for Yom Kippur. <laughs> that, would, that would have been an awesome idea. But anyway, um, Storm and, and, not Storm, but Orion and Star and Susan and Cindy, they're all very, very good teachers, and I was honored to be one of the teachers that weekend. And so um, Orion and Star started off with talking about their grannies and the conjure they learned there, and then... Um, then there was uh, Cindy talked about ancestors. She did an ancestor altar class, and Star did Star and Cindy did a Lama Dama class, and um, uh, and then Star did oh gosh, there were so many different classes, and there was so much to take away from all of them. Um, the Lama Dama class was my standout one because I've been working with her for years, not even knowing it was her. Can tell people who the Lama Dama is. La L A, capital M Madama. The madam, mm-hmm. and she is Aunt Jemima. She is that um, Aunt Jemima looking. Um, you, you know how you see a lot of those statues in banks of the the woman in the the big black woman in the red apron or white apron and red dress, um, and the hat. She has the little the thing tied in her hair. There's a reason why there's lots and lots and lots of them. Mm-hmm. It's not just a cultural thing. I mean, there's more of those than there are of the. You know the little Jackie guy or the um, butler guy. Yeah, it's because La Madama is one of the patron spirits of Hoodoo, and she has been around. and And I think she comes um, through the slave trade from Africa. I think she was a deity in Africa, but she's she's a keeper of the home, mm-hmm. um, and of magic and of Hoodoo and of card um, uh, uh, um, fortune telling divination. Okay. Thank you. And um, she is, um, she's. It was awesome. Um, so she's. My takeaways on that was that she is the whole house. That was. She takes care of the whole house. So mm-hmm. using my air quotes, everybody do it with me. Whole house. I went. Oh, that makes complete sense to me. That that whole house. So her energy is very similar to Vesta's. Vesta. In Greek mythology, the goddess of the hearth. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And so you put her in, um, a lot of people put her in an iron pot because iron is unbending. Okay. What and if she wants a Teflon pot? <laughs> she wants an iron one, cast iron okay. one. She and also wants Godiva chocolates. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, but iron, they say that iron soaks up the prayers and soaks up the energy. And here's the cool thing they were talking about, putting her in a big iron pot, um, her her statue and stuff in there when you have something to work on you can use a chalk and you can draw inside the iron pot whatever symbol or whatever mm-hmm. put your candle on there put your llama dama in there I went oh that's awesome just using the chalk on the inside or the outside of the pot she's got playing cards and a fan and a knife and a broom and a mirror and, um, and she loves money that's why there's a lot of llama dama banks or aunt Jemima banks so, oh yeah. Oh, the Lama Dama has a mirror when um, when someone is telling you a story or somebody's trying to convince you of something. Um, call to her and and using her mirror to see, ask for the truth, or ask to see if who's working against you. If there's a lot of gossip mm-hmm. going on, 
um, and she loves molasses. She loves a little little whiskey. Uh, uh, one of the takeaways from the class, if you want to nail something down, mm-hmm. if you want to slow something down, smother it in molasses. Ew. I mean, that's just, just could you imagine, like, if someone was um, interfering with you mm-hmm. and you needed them to just get out of the way so you can do what you had to do? Yeah. Take a picture of them or their name and smother, put it in a jar of molasses. Slow them down. You can use the baby food jars, which I talked about. Yep. <laughs> yep. Get your baby food jars, some molasses, and a picture. Yep. So um, it was it was uh, it was great, and I got to tell you now, Lama Dama came to me the first time I ever did conjure work, mm-hmm. and it, it, she just came to me. I, I just kind of in my head felt, saw, understood that there was a woman working with me, and in my head she looked like Aunt Jemima, and she called herself Big Mama. Mm-hmm. And everybody in that room, before they ever heard about Lama Dama, had seen her. And she gives them, she gives people different names all the time. And there's actually different aspects of her, like the different dolls or banks or or um, statues that are doing different things mm-hmm. are the different aspects of her. And Lama Dama or Big Mama also, um, I also saw Lobelia, which is the who I, I knew a wrestler once named Big Bad Mama. <laughs> She was on Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, and she weighed like five hundred pounds. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. So we, um, so that was, uh, so she was talking to me the entire time. Um, Lobelia was. They both were. It was pretty funny having a conversation in my head without me. That was it. Was it was very much a weekend of spirits, and and I have to say my big takeaway from all of that is from the whole weekend is is really stop pussyfooting around, Jackie. Let's <laughs> start talking to the spirits because they've been talking to you. Mm-hmm. It was, oh, the room was haunted. Dorothy would be out of the room over at Harrods. They'd be getting ready. I'd hear somebody walk in the room and shuffle, fuss around with stuff, and I'd come out going, hey, Dorothy. And there would be nobody there. And um, Thursday night I went out, had wine and dinner with a couple of friends and came back. Yeah, I had a little bit of wine, but I had a lot of dinner and a lot of water, too. Mm-hmm. The next morning, I felt like crap, and I'm like, this this is not hangover stuff. I was a little worried, but I realized when there's a lot of spirits around, you need to avoid some spirits. So um, I, I just like sat down and, and meditated and, and cleansed and got myself back in the right space, but as I was laying there doing that, I really felt somebody, I felt my whole head push back into the pillow. I felt somebody's fingers on my forehead pushing my whole head back. I'm like, all right, all right, Lobelia, you take you take over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I need some help here. And um, and then just doing that meditation and making sure I was cleared and, and um, um, cleaning off my own tree of life, um, I was able to, I immediately felt better, immediately, no headache. Amazing. Yeah. I, I am so glad that you had uh, such a wonderful time. Now, we have to take a break. Of course we do. On the other side of the break, um, Jackie will be talking. There's a lot of people that have actually written to me, Jackie, uh-huh. and they have said that they have a, a difficult time with you do because they can't relate to it. Okay. Well, Jackie is going to give us the 21st century version <laughs> of hoodoo on the other side. 
So we gonna uh, we gonna get down with Jackie on the other side. Um, so you all do not touch that dial. We'll be back in a flash.
And welcome back to Keep It Magic, everybody. Cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com, which is the official website of uh, Coventry Creations. Um, <laughs> um, I got myself a little tongue tied there. Cruise on over to keepitmagic.com, which is Jackie and my and Patty and everybody at Coventry Creations or that's involved with Keep It Magic. Um, cruise over to keepitmagic.com. All of our blogs are on there. Um, now, what people need to do is that they really need to kind of turn it up right now, because Jackie, and get your notebook and your pencil, <laughs> or your pen. Pen. Um, well, I'm trying to sound like Medea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as Big Mama. Okay. No, Medea is my idol. I'm going to become Medea. I'm okay. going to become the white Medea. I'm going to get me one of those padded suits to wear <laughs> in a dress that looks like a uh, that looks like a, a tablecloth uh, in a wig, and uh, then uh, I'm going to you know start doing my own kind of hoodoo. Go ahead, Jackie. I'm not really in a that. giant F cup bra that you can stuff with lots of Nerf balls. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I can't even imagine how long it takes that man to to get dressed, but. I'm not really going to do that. So <laughs> you've got it down. It's not very long. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tyler Perry, God love him. Um, 21st century hoodoo, 21st century conjure, I should say. That that is now. I taught a candle magic class at at um, the Folk Magic Festival, and it was interesting because listening to you know I I didn't realize it was theme with spirits, so I just kind of adjusted my class a little to stay along with that theme and focusing on. Um, Doctoring the Spirit of the Self. Yeah. And Orion talks about that quite a bit in his, his book, um, uh, Candle at the Crossroads, is it's going to be a book that we're going to review a lot next year. Mm-hmm. We're going to use that as part of our theme for next year. Eloquent, awesome writer, amazing teacher. Just I have such, such utter respect for him. And um, one of the things that frustrates myself and a lot of folks who enjoy conjure who um or maybe maybe not connect to it but feel calling to it and don't understand is that there's very few of us left that have a direct lineage mm-hmm. but there's a lot of us that are being called to it a lot of it um because we're we're already doing it we don't even know and that was the case for me too i mean this was god 10 plus years ago when I'm doing the work that I do and making just making random bags and not not even knowing what to do with them, I just wanted to make different bags that had different energies in it and plant them around and give them to people. And then a friend of mine said, "Well, this is hoodoo because it it wasn't witchcraft. It wasn't the traditional Wicca European witchcraft stuff. I was just going off of a lot of different instincts." And um, I said, "What?" So it came about with us teasing each other about about some things, and and uh, so I started. Then she started showing me some different pieces and parts of of hoodoo and where it comes from and conjure work, and 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 this is basically how I came up in the magical world was through finding this stuff in stores, not having instruction and not understanding what to do with it. So really, in many ways, I had to make it up as I went. Mm-hmm. But if you think about this, and this is what I was teaching in the class, if you think about this, here's all these root workers um, that have come from different parts of the world and they don't have their original tools. 
they don't have the same herbs, the same trees, the same this and same that to do their work. And and it's also evolving, so they have to do it in private. And um and, and it and now it's blending because you have people coming from Ireland and people coming from Scotland and England and they have their own folk magic and they're blending with the Native American people and they're blending with the African American people and and all of if you think about it, the the Irish, the Scottish, the Native American, the Africans, they're all outcasts too. Mhm. So, and there's a lot of different regionally, and I'm not even going to get into that because I'm not the expert on that one. Um, but when they got here to America, this 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 gumbo pot, um, they had to figure it out. So somebody had to figure it out as they went. Somebody had to decide that this berry and this root and this thing was for this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you came from Africa, you didn't have um, soles in your shoes. You didn't have lining in your shoes to then know to pull the lining out and do something with it. Mm-hmm. You didn't have um, some. You didn't have the 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 red cloth, the red the red uh, flannel cloth. You didn't have all these different things that we've got now to to do stuff with. You just so you have to come come with an understanding of spirit, an understanding of your own spirit, an imagination. Um, a willingness and a courage to be creative, mm-hmm. and that is 21st century conjure. The difference between, um, say, witchcraft um, from the Wicca point of view or the ceremonial magic or the Alexandrian or the fairy tradition and and hoodoo and conjure is that there's a lot of external trappings to those Wic- the Wiccan traditions, the, the Golden Dawn, um, there's a lot of external trappings mm-hmm. to all that where you have to follow a real specific system and, and talk with specific deity and do these different things. Now, in conjure work, you're going right to the earth. You, you're going to work with deity. You're going to work with the Bible. You're going to work with all these things. But it's not necessarily the external trappings that it's all about. And and, and Orion talks about this quite a bit, and I, and I give him full credit for it, and I also have, have adopted it. Root work is not about working with roots that grow in the ground. It's about working with the root of your soul. Mm-hmm. So in in my 21st century conjure tradition, it's about working on yourself. Now, way back in the day, if we could jump in the time machine and go back to the conjure workers or the workers or the, or the spiritual workers or the root workers or whatever we want to call them, there's many names across the country for them, one of the things that they did with the people coming to them is they tricked them into working on themselves. Because mm-hmm. we all want to look outside of ourselves for the answer. Our ego does not like to be wrong. Our ego does not like to be the one that has caused harm. Our ego says things like, oh, it can never be about that. I can't have harmed you in the first place. So the conjure worker is the one who's going to help trick you in a, in, for, in a positive way to take authority over, take responsibility over for what you're doing, to make those amends, to do those things. Now, there's always people that are going to work on manipulation stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what religion or, or magic system you're using. There's always going to be people who want that shortcut. But when you take the shortcut, it doesn't usually end up being the long route. Yeah. It's easy to get lost. It's easy to get harmed. There's a reason why there's that well-worn path. 
because that's the safer route. That's the that's the um, the the process. But a lot of times when we try and take that shortcut, we get lost. Um, not always. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but what I was talking about in the 21st century conjure class is that, um, and I talked a lot about candle magic and the and um, the details of stuff. And when um, one of the things I talked about is symbols in your candles, as the candle drips or there's a symbol on the side of the glass or something like that. Mm-hmm. How how to look at the way your candle's burning. So we talked a lot about that, which I've talked about on this show, and it's in my Coventry Magic book. And I said, all of this stuff is a jumping-off point. Any book that you read, whether it's mine or Orion's or Star's, it's a jumping-off point um, because this is our knowledge as of today. Mm-hmm. And we always learn something new. So the author's always going to learn something new, So, and that's this is their jumping-off point. So certainly it can be your jumping-off point, too, because the knowledge changes. It's always morphing. So use that as so if your candle drips to the to the left to the west and and it's burning real hot in this general direction et cetera et cetera you can look in the book as some for some examples of what that could mean but then you have to go deep within yourself and decide what it means for you mm-hmm. um, just like I could have um, said oh I ate something bad <laughs> Thursday night and I'm in the bed all day Friday well really what it was. Well, and, and there's a different, couple different ways I could have taken that, but I went deep inside and I said, "What's the real story here?" Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to do with all that. Now, here's the thing about conjure work and spellcrafting: it's always about you. Definitely. It's always even when you're doing love spells, command and compel spells, manipulating other people's spells. It's still always about you. It affects you. It changes you. So magic demands change, and magic demands change from you. Like I said, even when you're pushing out there and you want to manipulate a situation and have somebody do something for you to shut them up or get that job or mm-hmm. or get them to look your way so you can have a little something-something on the side with them. <laughs> what you're doing is you're changing the energetic relationship between the two of you. You're almost never changing them. You're changing you to be able to approach them in that way. And and Dorothy says, well, no, you know, she she challenged me on that. She goes, no, I can I can change people. I can force people to change. I said, are you are you forcing people to do what you want them to do, or do you now just have a different relationship with them so that they are willing to follow your suggestion? Mm-hmm. Are you and and we talked about. She goes, so it's basically you have more presence. So, yep. so why did so-and-so do that for you and so-and-so didn't? Because you have more presence in that person's life. Because you took more authority. And that is 21st century conjure. And I really I spent a lot of time talking about using the energy that's around you. The energy that's around you is, is naturally there. So scoop it up and see how it works for you. Um, like, for instance, Scorpio. Mm-hmm. We're in the Scorpio energy. We've talked about it a lot. We've talked about how this is... is Thank God it's ending soon. Right. Dredging up all that crap. Well, if the crap's going to get dredged up no no matter what you do, look for it. 
and see what you can do with it. See what you can quickly clear. So one of the things I discovered is when I'm clearing stuff during this time right now, it clears really, really fast. Yeah. It changes you immensely and, and when you let it clear, when you release it and surrender it. The other thing I talked about is that whenever you cast a spell, you have to surrender something. Mm-hmm. And and I remember reading that in a book one time, in, in a fictional book. It was kind of fun, and and they took it into a different direction. You had to give up something tangible or maybe you know the, the change in your pocket or this ring that you liked or the sweater you were wearing. Um, but really what it is is you have to surrender the block. You have to surrender what's not working. You have to yeah. surrender the fear, and that's what magic is about. It's about surrender. And um, and when we were talking about the, some practicalities of candles, and I said, so do you all have, um, somebody asked me about blowing, um, extinguishing candles, and I, I said, so do you all have a way that you extinguish your candles? And they're giving me their little thing that they do, and I said, I blow mine out. <laughs> People were falling out of their chairs. Oh, good Lord, you can't you can't just blow them out. He says, I can and I do. But the point is, what you do works for you and what what I do works for me. So own your own tradition. Yeah. And that's what 21st Century Conjure is about. It's getting to the root of who you are and finding that that inner child that wants to be creative with their magic. That's what root work is all about. So all those other things like foot track magic or or um, snatching a pair of somebody's drawers and doing a love spell on them, or all, that's all about creativity. Mm-hmm. That's all about having fun with it and, and seeing how that works and putting it together and, and understanding um, what you want to do with it. Oh, yeah. That's the fun stuff. So I think when you want to connect with with hoodoo, with root work, I think sometimes people get, get scared of it because it's so primal. Yeah. Because you're working with your own primal forces. You're working with your own stuff. And and what you're doing is, is when you continue to do magic in an external way, try to change the things around you, you're still left with you with your same old blocks, your same old fears, your same old stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So. I, I think that it confuses a lot of people because they have a hard time adapting new particular tools to some of the, you know, some of the old ones. Um, uh, you know, for example, you know, running outside your front house naked and peeing on the front porch probably would not be too advisable in this <laughs> day and age. It might even get you uh, a citation. <laughs> Um, uh, but there's different types of uh, protection-based spells um, that you can use um, uh, in regards to, and, and it is about being creative. I mean, uh, the, I remember, I don't remember how long ago it was, but when I did the, the Pinterest uh, magic oracle, mm-hmm. you know, it's about taking different creative um, tools and different creative um, items. And what I, what I like about Hoodoo is that it's very um, syncretic. Uh, you know, it is, mm-hmm. it is uh, a lot of different things that are kind of rolled up together based upon um, the individual's belief system. And I don't have to go too far outside of my um, Kabbalistic roots to do it. Right. Oh, there's so much conjuring Kabbalah. Because yeah. it, 
it works on on the root of everything and i and i I had a hard time um for a long time marrying or reconciling I should say the work I do in the akashic records and the work I do in hoodoo mm-hmm. um because I felt that they were very disconnected until and I have to really credit Orion for this, which is why his book Candle at the Crossroads is such a good purchase to make mm-hmm. um so and I, I totally suggest it, very much so, is because he said we're we're doctor in the root of our soul. And I went, oh, that's when it all came together for me, and I really understood that um, <clears throat> they're not separate, they're together. So the work I do in the Akashic Records, which is very transformational, and then I can back it up by putting some voodoo on it. Mm-hmm. And it. And it is so strong when you do it that way. When I marry that candle magic and with um, that deeper Akashic record work, oh, we both done it, and it's like it's the results are so immediate, it's like scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary. I, I think also, you know, when when you can understand, um, uh, or when you can take something like out of the Zohar, where it clearly explains what a candle does, um, and uh, translate that in an understanding, basically you know, what you're doing is drawing down the light of the creator into the candle, um, which represents the body, um, uh, that it really gives an enormous amount of meaning in regards to what is going on with you, too. Um, mm-hmm. That it is more of a transformational um, uh, tool um, rather than anything else. Now, you can do all kinds of other kinds of things with a hoodoo. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you can do magic from here to kingdom come, okay? At the end of the day, though, it really gets back to, to being, um, uh, uh, transformative within yourself, okay? And to go for a full circle, taking your own power back. Hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, which is what I I see, um, you know, magic being about is, uh, you know, as you transform yourself, you begin to, to get your own power back. Um, uh, uh, and, you know, on that particular note, Jackie, um, I have a lot of announcements to make, so let's see if I can get through them in three minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com, which is the sponsor for Keep It Magic. Um, if you have a problem in your life, no matter what that problem is, we have a candle for that. So cruise on over there. Um, Jackie and I will not be on the air next week for Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving, we have four more shows until our winter break, which will be the last two weeks of, uh, well, basically the last two weeks of December. Right. Um, and then Jackie and I will be back in January um, uh, to talk about a lot of new stuff, um, which will be totally fun and exciting right. and all those other things. But um, two weeks from now, um, Jackie and I are going to be talking a whole month kind of about gratitude, and we're going to do um, a new seven steps towards transformation. Um, uh, so there's going to be a new seven step. Um, and uh, I'm really excited about the shows for next month. I am too. I I am too, and I think we're, and I just confirmed that we get to have um, a special guest on one of them, um, uh, Sharon McGrill from uh, Betty Brigade. She does a lot of work on decluttering, mm-hmm. and um, she's this great concierge service. And so she's going to be on the show, I believe, the fourth. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're, we're working on our confirmation, but she's going to bring 
some practical application to some of our magic, and I know she's so basically what she's going to do is teach y'all how not to be hoarders. Right, but it's also that um, one of the things that, that's been on my mind about gratitude is that um, when we um, lose our gratitude is when we start hoarding some things, when we start mm-hmm. cluttering up our lives, and, and gratitude, actually it was my practice of gratitude that allowed me to um, let a whole bunch of stuff go. Yeah. So that's going to be a very, very interesting show. I probably have a million questions for her because, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you hoard? Books on the Kindle. Uh, oh. Well, that's the same. <laughs> I hoard books on the Kindle. It's not as much room, so it's good. Yeah. So it's not taking up a lot of space except in the Kindle. Um, but, no, I'm not a hoarder. Well, books, but that's about it. Um, uh, and let's see, you know, so that thing will continue through... December, of course, in December there is Christmas, Yule, and Hanukkah, so Jackie and I will be doing uh, a lot of talking about that as well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, otherwise, I think that we're done. Cool. I think that we're done. Uh, well, yes, cool and not cool, because, of course, it's always a bittersweet. Yeah, but I guess we'll talk to you in two weeks, so, and I'll probably talk to you, you know. A couple times between yeah. now and then, but I'm going to miss you all. The folks that are listening. Yeah, we're going to miss all of you, and we hope that you all have a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Um, if you miss us, friend us on Facebook. Look for Keep It at Magic or Keep It Magic on Facebook. Yeah, definitely. And make sure to visit keepitmagic.com. Um, and uh, Jack, like I said, Jackie and I will be back in two weeks. And in the meantime, what do they need to do, Jackie? They need to keep it magic, honey. Speak life to everybody.
fire. Hope will fall like rain when you speak life with the words you say. Raise your thoughts a little higher. Thank you. 